0: Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase, and we're online at notjustaphase.net and on Instagram at worldwide. My name's Belle, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're sitting down with Tommy Meehan. Did I say that right?
1: That works. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is both a talented musician and a busy one. In bands Cancer Christ, Deaf Club, Squid Pisser, The Manx, Tommy also fulfills creative roles off the stage, such as creating the heart-tugging and emotionally-touching Ball Fowler's In Rick and Morning, doing other music and animation work for Cartoon Network and running the sweatband's record label. It'll be a fun dive into theatrics, inspiration, and sounds of some of LA's nasty and noisiest bands, and how someone can go from drenched in fake blood in a lizard mask to working on shows such as Uncle Grandpa.
2: we we'll See a dead body. Do you want to see a dead fucking body?
0: Let's get right into it and address some of the drama and tension surrounding you. Point blank, do you resent Willie Roberts for taking the lead role and leaving you as monkey unicorn number two?
1: So, um, yeah, I haven't thought about that in like 10 years because so I think it was 10 years ago we did that. Um, wow. You guys did a deep, deep dive on my IMDb, I guess. <laughs> That's right? the
0: first thing that pops up when you oh. Google your name. I'm like, I was like, wow. <laughs> We have a star <laughs> in the studio.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was um, my buddy, Mike Manischewitz, who he's like an incredible um, filmmaker, um, cinematographer, writer, director. Um, he's blockbustervideo.org on Instagram. And that's kind of what he's going by these days. Um, he had sold a pilot to Nickelodeon, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, I don't think it's ever even seen the light of day. So Mike had sold this... Um, pilot to Nickelodeon and I had a band called The Manx back then and um, that's kind of how he and I became close um and he had asked we were all friends with him and um worked with each other on music videos and things like that and he, he had asked The Manx to do a theme song for the for the pilot and so we did that and it was really fun and we dressed up all goofy and we made this really cool thing Mike did and um but it it didn't get picked up but It was fun to do. So the
0: monkey unicorns were actually like, like in music, like they were a music group, or like they were characters.
1: Right. So you probably haven't seen it because it never came out.
0: No. All it says (laughs) is your monkey unicorn number two, and I'm like, all right.
1: (laughs) Right. Um. Yeah. It it was. Um. In addition to our band being in the pilot episode, where we were kind of like a recurring cast of characters, um, they needed just somebody in in a monkey um unicorn costume so I don't even (laughs) remember specifically what it was but um but it was fun to just kind of be on camera in a a suit or whatever you know in a costume you've kind of always
0: been in like costumes then it's been like well at least 10 years then
1: yeah I I guess so like (laughs) and as far back as I can remember I've always wanted to but like didn't quite find the right situations that allowed me to yeah yeah so I'm, I'm always searching for dressing up being able to dress up you know
0: interesting Well besides getting into like I guess dressing up what kind of got you into punk or underground music?
1: Um yeah so when I was 12 I was living in the Bay Area and um my sister was living with the bass player of this band and I was like the only thing I knew about was Green Day you know like uh, that was punk rock for me and like and then um so my sister was living with this dude named Gene Bodine, who plays bass in this band called Nuclear Rabbit. Um, Like pretty kind of legendary Bay Area band that was around all throughout the 90s. And um, But I would always see like a box of CDs or like some merch and stuff in her living room. And one day she just told me I could just like take one. So I snagged one. And it was like the craziest to me at that time. And still craziest, weirdest, like flat bass, like, wild circusy vocals and like just crazy time signatures and stuff and but very aggressive and um nasty and so that was kind of like the first like punk rock thing I think I'd ever heard and then that set a really high bar for everything I was going to get into after that because it blew <laughs> my mind like yeah. what and so everything else just sounded normal and boring to me so I've been kind of cursed with like experiencing this really wild um music at a young age that like always kept me searching for something that's completely unique and trying to recreate, I guess, that feeling. Yeah, that
0: sounds kind of chaotic. Slap bass, like that kind of sounds like grind primus or something.
1: That's that's a really good way to put it, I would say. Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's nice. nice.
0: Um, Was there something apart from the music itself that made you interested in a part of the scene, like your outlook, location or experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think um, I had always had, like, an inclination toward the arts and stuff. Um, Growing up, I was always into weird, like, my mom took me to see the child's play movies with Chucky, (laughs) Um, like, we would rent those, and I went to see the third one in the movie theater in 1990, and so just, like, how... the how shiny the blood is and the guts and the board, just like the how bizarre everything was yeah. like there's this killer doll guy, like for a six year old, like maybe I was five when I first um saw the first one. But I think so that kind of like set the set me on the track, maybe. This is just me guessing, um yeah. analyzing. And then you know, living in a small town, I think I, my dad had me playing sports uh as a kid and Everyone was kind of just like, it was really like homogenized, kind of everyone's the same. They all like Ken Griffey Jr. and and, um, NBA Jam, which is cool, a cool video game, of course. But like, I don't, and they all wore Nikes and they they all just looked the same, like (laughs) cookie cutter kids. And I couldn't really, I always was like kind of looking to stand out or maybe find other kids that were, um, I don't know, a little bit more unique or interesting. So um, that's probably, I don't know, going back, like, to the early, early beginnings of how I kind of, like, came into seeking this stuff out, that might be, you know, my only explanation for it, I guess at this point, at, at such a young age, at least.
0: Yeah. Outside of, like, uh, Nuclear Rabbit, what kind of, like, sound initially inspired you to start writing your own music?
1: Um. So, yeah, around that same time, like... Um, I was getting into like kind of like a lot of kids at that age, in that time period, uh new metal was coming out and so it's corn, like life is peachy. That if you listen to that album, like the guitar stuff that's going on is like otherworldly and it's it's pretty incredible. And like the thing with that scene though, like Limp Biscuit and stuff, like why I didn't really like fully attach myself to it was there was always this like macho thing going on with with like same thing. It's like we're all wearing Adidas and our hats backwards and stuff. I'm just like, okay, I like part of this, but a lot of it I don't.
3: Um,
0: so I've seen Cancer Christ a few times now, and every time I've wondered, it's just like, how did this even come to fruition? Like how did all of this come together? So how did the idea of Cancer Christ come about and how did it develop into the lizard baptism blood fest it is now?
1: Yeah, um I mean, okay, so <laughs> uh Anthony Melhoff, St. Anthony, the singer of Cancer Christ, um, he has never been in a band before. Um but he he's always been a creative dude. Like he went to school for film and stuff and he 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 does photography, so He would come to Manx shows, my old band, and just like create a ruckus everywhere (laughs) he went and rile everybody up and people would be pissed off at him all the time. (laughs) Like, Like, I just want to stand here. And he's like creating mosh pits that like, but that's the best. He's like the best cheerleader you could possibly have. And like he was, he was cheerleading everyone else's stuff. He would do this at, at all the local band shows, like. I still see him
3: doing
0: it for, like, everybody else playing at your shows, too. He goes crazy.
1: (laughs) Totally. Like, he's full of life and enthusiasm and and love for for everyone. And once he wants everyone to succeed and stuff. So it's like, man, he's just, like, an incredible uh, entity with all this energy. And I was like, man, that guy needs to front a band. And um, I had thought that since I had initially first met him. But, you know, I was busy. I was wrapped up with so many things to myself at the time. And then kind of during the pandemic, uh, the Manx ended up kind of slowing way down. And I have all this creative energy where I'm always going to be doing something, focusing it somewhere. And he and I started talking a lot more. He started helping out with my record label, Sweatband Records, a bunch. So he and I became close um, through doing that a bit. And then the more and more we're talking, it's like... um, hey, it makes sense for you and I to do something together. So it wasn't even specifically a band at first. It was just, we just liked being around each other. And then there was this one, it was like a few months into the pandemic. And I don't know if you guys, if you remember this Instagram clip, Uh, it was this lady going to church and and there was an interviewer. She's driving, she's in a car. And she's like, the interviewer's like, well, you guys are supposed to be on lockdown. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, aren't you afraid you're going to spread? you know and kill people and this woman was just she's just like i don't care what happens i got them covered in the blood of jesus and (laughs) and and anthony and i were just like fuck this lady dude like um and then it was really that and the way that we both kind of felt about that video and those types of inconsiderate um people with that kind of inconsiderate outlook on life to really kind of like spring into action and then we just started kind of like slowly putting things together. I always wanted to do a math band. So I had this thing with snakes in mind and Anthony, you know, we all have, maybe not all of us, but like a lot of people in art, at least a lot of my friends and stuff, we all have some kind of beef with the, the traditional church, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, and so we're like, what if we reinvent it, kind of do our own brutal church, um, one kind of based on you know, highlighting or underlining the brutality and the violence of of everything. And, um, you know, everything kind of started um, taking shape. And it seemed at the time, too, when we were first doing it, just like maybe it would be like a fun little side project thing. We'd do a song or something. But um, it, it just was so much fun that, and we loved working together so much that we're like, okay, let's just like keep going, see where it goes. And we're still doing that. And like, you know, we're still at the beginning stages of it. We think it's only been like a year and a half or something. So but
0: did you guys like come up with all of like the different elements that go on during the live show all at once or did like it slowly kind of grow into what it is now?
1: Yeah, uh, it's as we're uh progressing like Anthony will just think of crazy shit to do and <laughs> and he'll bring it up to me and I'll be like you're crazy that's too crazy like we're not getting a flamethrower like that's just bad news and then he's like no no we should get a flamethrower like all right cool (laughs) let's do it and um and then it ends up being working out in some way you know no deaths or injuries yet and um same thing with the baptism thing i'm like i don't know if anyone's gonna go for that like it's fucking gonna be cold out (laughs) yeah then then there's like 20 kids getting baptized in november um so it's really you know anthony has a lot of wild. Fucking ideas, and he—he's um, not afraid to execute them. And and I think we're all we've all learned to kind of support him in um, most of his crazy ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely makes like one of the coolest immersive like sets that I've definitely ever been to. But like, as someone who has been in an argument with a venue over having balloons, have you guys been shut down for everything that goes on?
1: um n- no short answer is no i think it's like once the thing's set in motion and they're always all, these, <laughs> like, all yeah. these dudes like and scary looking guys in snake masks with spikes and shit and then Anthony's just this like force that nobody can slow down um it's just not i don't think it's really going to happen we we played this easter show <laughs> one time um it was a matinee show and, uh, our friend Rob Coons came down from Oakland and he was shooting it. That was the first time we hung out really. And, um, there weren't a lot of people there, but Anthony was like, we have to make this memorable. We have to fuck shit up here. And also they were being dicks to us. Kind of, they were just like bummed that they had to be there. The, all the people working there. And yeah, Anthony was like, I'm going to, bur- I'm going to bust through this door. Like I'm Kool-Aid man. And like <laughs> r- really make an entrance. I'm like, you're insane. Like, how are you, <laughs> how's that going to happen? Um, and he just did it and we got great photos of it and um and the dudes came up to us like right as it was happening anthony's like said something he used like a jedi mind trick or something he's just like i don't know what he said but he just got them out of the way and then he came on stage and we fucking tore shit up and um (laughs) so that was the closest i think people are very always kind of um, cautious because they know that we have a flamethrower and but we're, we're very smart about where and how we use that so um yeah. So
0: you tell them, like, some of the things that go on, or you just kind of surprise everybody at the venue?
1: It it really depends on the situation, and we kind of gauge that going into it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's all a case-by-case, case. so, like, yeah, every show, if there's potential for it to be scary, um, and sometimes it is, um, but usually they see by the end, like, it's all about love, and, like, making people feel included, and giving everyone a good time like we're always there sweeping up confetti and whatever other mess that we've made at the end usually (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah
0: um well on that topic do you have any tips and tricks for getting fake blood off your skin and clothes or is that something you still haven't learned yet
1: um so you're just gonna have it on you and in (laughs) your crevices for like three or four days um and um there's one there is one thing that i found that's but I, it's just kind of i shouldn't even actually i shouldn't even mention anything it's kind of inappropriate uh that gets it <laughs> out um that i'll just leave it at that <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah um no you're just gonna be stuck with that for, yeah, for at least a few days deal with it. nice yeah, um, yeah
0: well you kind of just touched on this with uh talking about cleaning up after the show and everything but being in Cancer Christ, which is such an interactive band with the audience and the community behind it and everything, do you feel as if, I'll open it up to the whole genre, I guess. Is it reflective of the people in the audience at all, do you feel, or if not, what exactly is the sound reflecting?
1: Yeah, um, that's interesting. That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of like, how to word that. Um, I think like the recent kind of like um, minor buzz that's been going on about cancer crisis lately. I mean, it's just like, I think kids, you know, they're, they're force fed how fucked up the world is every single day. Um, It's, it's everywhere, you know? Um, And it's nonstop. It's unrelenting. And like we're just feeling the weight of the world and how fucked everything is all the time. And I feel like it's just a very human thing to want to come together in one place and celebrate or destroy as like a horde of people and experience some camaraderie. And especially after the pandemic, man, it's like um, two years or whatever of, of young, younger folks who have never even been to a show like, some kids have come to our shows and they're like, this is my very first show ever. It's like people <laughs> want to, they're ready to rage. And so I don't know. I feel like, um, like how can you not be into all the chaos that's unfolding? You know, um, I mean, regardless of whether it's our band or a, a million of the other amazing bands in LA right now, I think kids are coming and they're like ready to go off. And um, so I don't know. I think, Maybe that kind of answers the question. I'm not sure, at least what I think of it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, what I hear at least is like chaos is kind of around everybody right now. And it's kind of like a moment to experience the chaos kind of being contained in like a nice manageable way, I guess. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. like a somewhat safe way, Mm because it really really just feels like we could be nuked at any moment or like somebody yeah. could walk, walk into your house and fucking shoot cut your head off or shoot you yeah. or something yeah yeah
0: it's like dangerous enough for it to be exciting but like not too unpredictable for it to be like deadly which is nice exactly
1: yeah, yeah. that's like going to going to a horror movie or something it's like some yeah kind of, yeah totally that's
0: exactly what it's like that's so true um yeah yeah Has Cancer Christ been met with any Christians taking offense outside of just YouTube comments? Like, has anybody just, like, came across the show and been pissed?
1: Yeah, so there was, like, this Sun article, which I'm not even familiar with their news outlet. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure
0: what city that is or anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same. But from what I had heard, it was, like, a a notable, you know, um, news outlet of some kind. And apparently it is because... They picked up, up some show that Cancer Christ did and um, ran an article that got picked up by a few other people. The Christian community kind of started, like, taking notice. There was this AR15.com, um, which is, like, I'm assuming that's the gun. I think that's a gun, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's a gun. <laughs>
1: okay, right. That's scary shit, man. So Yeah, they're, yeah, they're in this forum talking about Cancer Christ. Um, and, you know, of course, how we're, like saying whatever they're saying um which um assuming they're making assumptions um about us i think that they just if they if they cared to ask us or wanted to look into it a bit more they they'd realize there's a lot more probably common ground with I, I think we're getting into a whole other topic here too i mean like i think um the whole religious topic is probably like five hours of us talking so i mean yeah um,
0: well that's just kind of like them proving the point
3: almost
1: yeah yeah um exactly it's like i don't know i think they're just like kind of furthering the divide between us and them and that's what they want to do and i think that religion does that in general and, and that's you know what we're aiming to kind of like point out and that's kind of one of our big mission statements i think is to just um you know make people see how divisive i guess uh you know, choosing sides or separating us from them um, is, I guess, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and you guys kind of go at it like at a way different angle. I mean, back then it used to be, I mean, kind of the alternative bands taking a hit at this kind of angle. It was all like Jesus is a cunt, but you guys kind of almost like are religious in like a blasphemous way, which I think is more interesting um I took my friend it was her first show I took her to go see you guys and when I was explaining kind of what the gist was she was like oh I'm not really religious but I'll give it a shot like (laughs) she had no idea which I think is all the more fun it's way less direct and I like that
1: yeah yeah that's great I haven't heard a lot of people kind of like comment on that because I guess um Nobody talks to me because uh, they don't recognize me because I'm in a snake <laughs> mask all the time. So this is yeah. interesting. Interesting to hear that. Um, I think you totally like understand it. It's like we're kind of trying to turn things on their head and make people. Again, the mi- main mission statement is like to try and make people think. Um, wait, what do they? What do they mean by that? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the word "cunt." Like, Christ- Christians don't say that, but Satan they don't like say neither. Who do they like? Like, what's the yeah. deal? Uh, so i don't know yeah
0: yeah it's definitely it's it's cool to see for sure especially in person um well cancer christ is kind of a big ordeal live so considering that would you guys ever tour outside of california or would that just be simply too much
1: um oh we're that's totally our intent like, um okay, yeah, we're trying to take it everywhere. We're just kind of like again, building a foundation here with and, and kind of test running the the operation mm-hmm. it, it in manageable ways and just kind of seeing what all we need. We have big ideas for things we want to do, it, a lot of it's money um and logistic things based off of money, basically, and then maybe yeah. maybe if, if we had a little more time too, but um but. No, we have like big big ideas and we love to take it um as far as we can and everywhere that we can. So like we're um that's the idea anyways, yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be so cool to see it leave California. Definitely. It would be neat to see it go to some of the places that might take it a little harder. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's scary. It's also kind of something they need to hear, but I know for sure there would be people supporting it there at the same time. So, um, yeah. being such a multifaceted creative, how do you feel your different endeavors help make each other better or kind of meet in the middle? Meaning, between the cartoon work and getting your eardrums blown out with blast beats, do you think there's any overlay in between that?
1: Um yeah like i mean being creative it's all kind of the same approach it's like cool you have an idea and then you have to execute the idea and it's the same if 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 you're building a house or if you're making a song or if you're um drawing a picture or whatever it is so like doing animation stuff a lot of times i'm doing composition music composition work for animation it's like this scene needs music that starts off classical and then it turns to jazz and then uh, it ends in black metal or whatever. It's like <laughs> cool. I have this task ahead of me, and you figure out all the ways. You kind of just like process of elimination. You figure out what's not going to work first, and you're like cool, and then you start massaging and sculpting a, a way to get to the the idea being completed, and animation is the same thing. And then same thing with just doing a band, I guess, you know, um, it's like, we need a music video. Okay, cool. We hit up Mike Manischewitz or whoever. Cool. We scheduled a date. What's the idea, you know? And it's just, it's just like steps. And so, yeah, I mean, it's utilizing the same skills to do both things, I guess. Um,
3: do you think
0: being a musician makes you a better animator or vice versa at all
1: yeah everything i think kind of plays into totally i mean if you're again it's problem solving and it's like having the confidence to do so and the more things you get under your belt the more projects you're like okay it's less overwhelming and um you know you just kind of go and proceed with confidence knowing that you can Whatever the task is, you can do it, so.
0: Yeah. um, The music video for Death Club's Planet Bombing is very interesting. What was kind of, like, the brainstorming behind that? Because it itself almost kind of felt like something that would be on Cartoon Network. Just kind of, like, the composition of it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, that's our friend, Eris Deo, um, who... um. I've worked with over the last like several years um they work with like sarah squirm and um melted bodies amazing band out here in la um aris designed um the squid pisser masks that we're using um oh yeah an amazing individual and, and so we just we knew we wanted aris to do something we just said Eris, do whatever you want <clears throat> and we know it's going to be awesome and um so the whole idea behind that video, I think, was, like, there's just this disgusting kind of, like, flesh room, and, like, it's all kind of, like, belongs to maybe this, like, weird, you know, person who just stays on their computer and smokes cigarettes all day, and it's just, and then I had, Eris told me what a pony jar is. Do you know what that is?
3: <laughs> no.
1: So I had never heard of it that either. It's a thing, but Eris was like, um, "Oh, there's going to be a pony jar on the desk," and I mean, so um, again, this is kind of like inappropriate going back to um, <laughs> the substance that gets bl- the blood out. But um, a pony jar is essentially um, like a jar that you keep on your desk that you put a My Little Pony in and then you fill it.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't know it had a name. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, so. So to circle back around, that will get the blood out. Also, um, so <laughs> I found that's
3: out. So funny,
0: yeah. No, that music video is so insane, and it kind of reminds reminds me of some of like the grotesque, like bizarre things that are sometimes like on Adult Swim. It's a very interesting concept that he just came out with. You just told him to do whatever, and he came up with that. So that's so interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> on the topic of Death Club, the song titles feel like they contrast from the dark, tumultuous sound. What's the intention with the titles, and how do they fit into the songs themselves or the band? Do you feel?
1: Yeah. Um, I I mean I'm guessing you're think you're thinking of um, "But Does It Fart?" Maybe as one of these, one of the titles as specifically. Yeah, that's
0: that... one of them for sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Justin Pearson, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Um he's he's our singer. He's been in a million of the greatest bands uh over the last 30 years. Um The Locust, um I mean I it's just too many to to go on. Um but <laughs> he's been doing this forever and um I think that he is just like a master wordsmith at this point and kind of probably always has been. Um but and i don't want to put words into his mouth but i feel like he um he's going for a guttural like visceral reaction and if you can do that in two words or three words with a song title then i think you're like onto something and then you know to be able to elaborate on that in with in like the lyrics of a song um and i think that that's like what good art at least all the mostly the art that i like is like should do it's like it should kind of like what we're talking about with cancer christ it's like there's a visceral kind of like oh what is this it's gross it's like dangerous (laughs) it's scary like and then that makes you think you're like well where's this person coming from art should make you think i think so um so i think justin does a really good job with with that with all the deaf club stuff um and all of his other bands too again
0: yeah i definitely i think the first deaf club song i saw was um the rat one if you eat a rat you might like it and i was like what does that even mean and i think that might be what you were going like you guys were all going for with kind of like the concept of the titles so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah it really makes you think like what what, if they, what do they mean <laughs> by that versus just like a song called flowers or something yeah. i don't
0: know Not for sure um,
1: Yeah.
0: Well, back to Cancer Cries, one of my favorite parts of the set is like the use of samples in the sound boards that auditorially like fill every gap in both be- like space in the song and in the environment and really immerse the audience in the experience. So what kind of environment or sound atmosphere are you looking to make through that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a conscious thing that we try and do. And, and in fact, I have ideas to do it better soon anyways but but, <laughs> but I, I mean, thanks for noticing yeah i mean kind of the same thing you know it's like we just we want it we want to like um take people to another universe or another dimension it's like people live their lives in reality and it's boring or whatever it's mundane it's painful um <clears throat> it's difficult and people are fucking have to do that you know 23 and a half hours every single day and if we can give them the half an hour of like taking them to another place um same thing i think i mean just so many bands so many good bands right now um and and i guess always but like that's what a a good band should do i think is just kind of like make you be able to forget everything and so we want to do that to, to the extreme with again like you said just filling every kind of nook and cranny with like something fun to look at because that's like its own version of reality because you're like i can look over here and like oh there's there's something here it's all about the details so if we're if we're detailing in between the songs and all the little gaps and stuff then you can go back and it's got rewatchability or relistenability or something and i think that um same thing good art a lot of my favorite stuff it's like i can find new things in it um even after listening to it 8 million times you know Um, But on that note, too, I wanted to just bring up, like, um, no, actually, um, that's all. That was my last thought. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, even just sound-wise, it's so applicable, like, to the theme outside of just, like, even the religious samples. Like, I I remember there was, like, a crowd cheering one that I didn't even realize was going on, like, for a second, which was kind of nice. And um, just the different, like, just sounds um so what is the inspiration behind kind of the noise influence that seems to be incorporated not just in cancer christ but in your other projects too
1: yeah i think that noise is like something that gets overlooked um a lot in um it it doesn't get discussed as much as it should you know i mean it's all music it's all sound and stuff and noise specifically you know quote unquote a lot of my favorite artists are full on like harsh noise or like ambient dark ambient stuff or whatever um and and probably too a lot of like in a lot of there's a lot of pop artists that are incorporating weird sounds and noises and stuff it's like under underlaid though you, a lot of it's more um subconscious and it's picked up like um not necessarily uh you know in the forefront of everything so um but to like be specific about the crowd sharing thing like i mean it's just to augment and like amplify and just like um what's the word um like almost um oh shit i lost it i'm sorry um, <laughs> no you're good um yeah just to like um augment the the experience and make it make it um <clears throat> Fuck, there's a specific word that i'm thinking of um it's fine <laughs> um
0: that the crowd cheering specifically is just crazy because it plays at the end of a song i'm pretty sure when the crowd is already cheering so it's like you can't tell really what's what at first and that it kind of played a trick on me i guess when i noticed it which wasn't even like the first time i saw you guys so i guess i didn't notice it the first time
3: yeah um, um, yeah it's cool but um, yeah,
0: what are some of your like favorite noise artists? I guess that you just mentioned. What kind of noise do you sound? Do you tend to be drawn to?
1: I mean, it depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah. Um. But so, like, I mean, I went to sleep last night listening to Lust Mord. Do you know are you familiar? I don't
3: think um, I've heard
1: of them. He's like this dark ambient dude. Super prolific. He's just done a ton of stuff, and they're just like weird samples of like low-pitched trees falling with a bunch of reverb but like roar, like really like <laughs> dark and low ominous tones and weird um people talking about demons and stuff and just just fun same, same thing it's like I just get to go into a, lose myself yeah. in that zone yeah um and then human fluid rot in in mm-hmm. uh Florida is one of my favorites most insane live shows i've ever seen was like a seven minute set at this place churchill's pub in um miami and it was just made a really big impact on me um is like another great dude um and what about the
0: seven minute set was so
1: oh my god yeah so this guy robbie brantley human fluid rot um We, my band, the Manx was on tour, and it was our first time in Miami. And um, I was standing right next to him, but like I had a drink in my hand, and I it was like between bands. I didn't know, I didn't even know he was setting up. I didn't know what was happening. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm talking to some guy that cuts me off, and it's just like, yeah, like the most insane shit you've ever heard, and loud, the loudest you've ever heard it. And then people were like getting on he's t- just him with like a keyboard stand and like his noise setup um and um people were were jumping on his back and like punching him and this is part of the set like everyone just knows to like take him out and um it's like physical violence and then also on an auditory onslaught of chaos so like i don't know i would never experienced anything like that before um
0: that's crazy so, yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs>
0: that's so cool great. Yeah. um well, back to the music you play, uh, Riffs. So what sort of inspiration or exposures do you feel led you to the grindy, chaotic stuff you play today?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, kind of going back to, like, it all starts probably, like, again, like, going back to Child's Play, probably, like, my earliest memory of, like, watching... um. Chucky get his head blown off and blood and weird doll parts everywhere. It's like I'm guessing that that kind of had some impact toward um, the type of art that I liked um but like you know nuclear rabbit, and then like in the teen years, it was like, what else is this crazy? Uh, I discovered buckethead, um which he's an amazing, just total weirdo um and um. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, if if people were doing something that was interesting to me, not just power chords or bar chords or whatever, I mean, not that that stuff's not good or great, um, but like if there was ever anyone kind of going off the beaten path, it had my attention. Um, and so I always just kind of like strive. I mean, I don't think I could do anything other than try and do that. Really, like maybe I don't know.
0: Do you think was, like? accelerating into more chaotic stuff kind of helped you evolve as a musician and also kind of find your own sound within it
1: yeah um yeah totally I I don't know I kind of like feel like like I mentioned earlier I think like I almost got cursed with it with this like um like hearing crazy stuff too young because then I immediately (laughs) like wanted to warp into, like, level five when I didn't know how to do, like, the basic uh, basics of music. Like, in a, yeah. if it was Mario or something, like, I didn't – I had to go to hard mode immediately. I'm like, how do I figure out how to do all this shit? I don't even understand it, you know? You're, like, so playing
0: like, jazz chords, like, your first song you're learning.
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to figure it out but yeah. not understanding anything why it works. So I still feel like there are a lot of foundational gaps, but, like, I just kind of, like, lean into it now um, or just – you know, got to keep cruising, I guess, at this point. Yeah,
0: do you feel like because you've been listening to all this crazy stuff for so long, you kind of have that part down or do you feel like you can still find things to like push yourself in?
1: Yeah, Um, uh, there's always something. So like, even if, I mean, I just started picking up the acoustic guitar for the first time in years recently. And I think that's like a great example of like, yeah, I, I, I'm. that's new to me is like trying to mm. arrange songs. I was actually messing around with like doing some acoustic Cancer Christ songs just to <laughs> see what would happen. Um, and yeah, it's a challenge. Um, I mean, I've had to do, I had to learn a lot of stuff doing music composition for cartoons on the mm. fly. It'd be like, okay, cool. I've never done this type of music before and it's due tomorrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, but so yeah, I mean, always kind of, I think I'll always be pushing myself to do something different, new, as long as I live. So, yeah.
0: That's so funny you say that. I like woke up in the middle of the night the other night and looked up acoustic grindcore and like woke up with it and my searched on my phone.
3: <laughs> I was like, what
0: was going on last night? Wow. Um... Did you find
1: it? Did you find any good stuff? <laughs>
0: Some things did pop up. I was I was going to go back and check check them out. I don't know. There's actually a lot more results than I expected. I felt like there would not be many for that. But there was. Bandcamp pulls through. Oh, yeah. They got everything.
3: <laughs> yeah. I check yeah, they have everything. Yeah.
0: Um, what would you say is the basis behind the idea for your sound and Cancer Christ? Tone and effect-wise, but also if there's any kind of theory you leaned into for your writing. If there's any theory at all
1: yeah um so i did study a fair amount of theory at at one point in my life and then um i kind of consciously decided that i didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore for the most part but i i pull pull from it when i need to but like with cancer christ specifically like again i think it goes back to like what could make this the most chaotic um at the same time without overthinking anything and with just using my instincts to guide me through writing stuff because I don't want to um, come up with a part that like, is going to take everybody three weeks to learn. I'd rather just kind of like um, simplify things and people like, like playing um, speaking in musical in music, I guess. Um, also i mean i think that's why it's kind of relatable or rather people aren't confused too much musically by it. it's very just like kind of straightforward in my opinion but um so i don't know yeah it's just like trying to control the chaos and and um yeah that's that.
0: <laughs> yeah um what sound cooperations or auditory effects specifically do you, like, seem to be drawn at to as a musician? Like, weirdly specific. Like, if the song sounds hollow, do you like when two guitars rub against each other for some reason? I don't know. You tell me.
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. You mean, like, in other people's music?
0: Yeah, all over. I mean, if you uh-huh. like it, it might end up in yours, so.
1: I mean, yeah, that's how a lot of <laughs> stuff happens, yeah, people end up biting biting stuff off of people all the time, and it's just how it is um yeah, yeah, I don't know. that's a really good question too. I'd have to think about that probably more, but um i think I think again it's it's like if it's unique or it's like one of a kind or something I haven't really heard before it'll it'll stand out amongst the static of everything that kind of sounds the same um. But I'm learning to be less like, well, I've learned a lot to be less like um, finicky too. So I'm enjoying a lot of different things these days more so than I kind of had in the past um, because it's like, this isn't weird enough, you know, or this isn't like unique enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know if, if it's, um, if it's like unique, then I'll at least like be interested to check it out, you know, Um, anyways.
0: I noticed like um with cancer Christ and such, there's kind of like an electronic feel to it. Like some of the samples and stuff, they sound very like techie. So like are you in kind of like into techie sounds or maybe like machinery type sounds for like noise?
1: Yeah, totally. Um yeah, you know, like I mean I grew up on nine inch nails and stuff, and that guy's that's a perfect example of like a mastermind. <laughs> um who can can just like we were talking about with noise earlier like that was that came to mind too just incorporating like oh there's this quiet layer of like filth underneath this beautiful piano part that's like on top of it's in the foreground but um yeah I mean like I've always been inspired by that stuff it's difficult to like figure out how to harness that stuff live because a lot of it Mm -hmm. you need to recreate it with a computer or samples or something like that um but luckily we have a, a sound snake, um, a noise snake who has like a whole setup with all this kind of stuff. So we've been able to incorporate that stuff with Cancer Grace. But thanks for noticing that. Like, yeah.
0: A sound snake.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um well, like the sound is so complete, but at the same time it's so chaotic. So when writing, do you see each instrument part as a piece to build a whole experience or do you see each instrument as an individual experience themselves and they just kind of hang out together?
1: Um. Yeah, I think like when you're composing a piece or whatever, it's like, it starts a lot of times with one instrument. So that's like, that's what it is. And you're thinking of it as such. And then, um, But then you know there's going to be drums on it. So in the back of your head or maybe even in the front, you're like, well, this is going to be what this is what the rhythm is doing. So the drums are most likely going to do something like this. So it's like you're already starting to compose everything. And then, you know, that the bass is going to do something similar. Um, And then, you know, that once the bass is doing that, the guitar can then deviate from the original idea and do its own thing. Um, So I guess you know it's a little bit of both where you're you're mindful of like what everything's doing and you're giving everything its own um respect and consideration but like you know it's all going to be part of the bigger whole and I think that's the the main thing too a lot of you learn that when you're younger and you start playing with people I think it's like it's not about your part that's not how it's going to be experienced it's going to be experienced as a whole and um so it's It's more important to focus on it as a whole, I think.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I ask that question or like kind of that question often and I always get very different responses. So I appreciate picking both sides because I I agree with that one. I feel like you can't really have one without the other. It would be lackluster if it was like just a part of something, but it would be too much if it was all on
3: its (laughs) own. So, yeah
0: yeah um well squid Pisser is excitingly enigmatic in the sense that what's out there is captivating but there's only really live videos around um can you tell us a little bit about what the project's concept is and what you want it to be and maybe a little bit about what's in store
1: yeah totally um uh oh, squid Pisser is like a big one for me um it's uh, when I first moved to LA like 17 years ago. Um, I wanted to do this band. Um, what I'm doing now with Squid Pisser, I had a band called Razzle Blaster, which was exactly what I'm doing now with Squid Pisser. It's just six, 17 years ago or something. And that, for many reasons, you know, a laundry list of reasons, one of them being I was broke and trying to figure out. It was mostly because I was broke. It was like I I landed in LA and um, it took me like five years to like not have to worry about being homeless and working just like 60 hours a week. And so and I didn't have a car like doing a band was just like completely impractical then. But I had this idea for this band and we got we did a couple of EPs and it was um, I was very, very excited about it. So it was kind of like heartbreaking to me. I mean, I left my hometown in the Bay area to come down here to do this band and find people for it. But like all the cards that I was choosing didn't end up working out. And so it was always in the back of my head to like do that project again one day. And then bam, quarantine hit. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start writing stuff for this now. And, um, and I just kind of went into a cocoon and, um, wrote a bunch of stuff and, um, and then finding a drummer was always like the most impossible thing because this stuff's kind of challenging. Um, which um, I guess I don't know if there's time for, or where I would bring up Seth in all of this, but Seth uh, okay. Carolina, oh my god! So the drummer that I am going to bounce around, I guess the drummer that I found for this project um, is just the most ripping dude I've ever met, pretty much. Um, and I can't believe I found him. And I found him like right in the beginning of the pandemic when I started writing this stuff. And I started sending him demos and he could actually play them. And I was like, oh my God, I it's like one in a bajillion. So yeah. And then so um, so he and I like wrote two full-length albums and recorded them during the pandemic, and like we're gearing up to release them right now. Um and that's kind of like what's on the horizon. And we've been keeping things kind of um, you know, we we just kind of want to have this like canon full of a a ton of Slop that we could like splat onto everybody all at once, um,
0: yeah, so it's soon, two albums like, at yeah. once,
1: uh, we'll probably stagger them to some degree, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, whoa, that is a big can,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll kind of like shoot it out, I guess, like a machine gun, I guess or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: how did you find Seth,
1: oh man, so um, I had known this dude. Cause I gave him a razzle blaster CD like, <laughs> 15 years ago at a locust show. Um, wow. Yeah. And the, the dude who I gave a CD to gave the CD to his buddy. Um, and he's this rapper named Duke stamina. And, um, we've never met in person, but we've been friends for like, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And, um, Duke Stamina knew I was looking for a drummer that was crazy. And he was in a band uh, in North Carolina. Is it North Carolina or South Carolina? Fuck, I forget. <laughs> but I was getting confused. But wherever Seth is from, one of those two. Um, Wait,
0: he's from Carolina and his last name is Carolina? I yeah, didn't even Seth know Carolina. that. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's a special, special guy. A magical guy. <laughs>
0: how would you say squid pisser sound differs from the music you've put out so far?
1: Um, like, I don't know. I, I think squid pisser is like fully exactly what I, what I want it to be. It's like exactly the kind of splatty, gooey, colorful, aggressive, um, everything all at once. Um, you know, um, version of what's always been kind of like in my soul to try and get out. And I think it's the most accurate representation of like the art that I that I want to do. Not to say cancer Christ isn't also that or Deaf Club isn't also that or even the main, you know, but um, those are all very collaborative projects. And, um, and squid pisser it's just seth and i and so there's like a lot of myself that comes out in that um and um so i think that's just kind of how it's different it's like i don't know it's maybe i don't know i don't know if i could um elaborate on that really but that's kind of where, where it yeah, is. yeah
0: like the other bands are kind of i guess like one fourth you and this is just your one half and so it's a lot more of your personal sound yeah
1: something something like that exactly yeah yeah yeah.
0: you're about to hear liquefied remains by squid pisser an unreleased track you can look forward to in 2023 How do you think your personality comes through in the songs you write and in the shows you play? And I guess you just kind of said, like, colorful, splatty. (laughs) Yeah. Have you kind of always been that kind of person? Or did it kind of get better or more extravagant in time?
1: Um, No, I think I've always kind of, like, been the same. It's weird. I just turned 37, and I'm, like... um... Oh, I'm like the same I was when I was in high school and and <laughs> like middle school. Like, you know, I'm just smarter now, and um, <laughs> it's awesome.
3: <laughs> so yeah,
1: I don't know. I think that like, um, in terms of my personality, yeah, it's like I have really really bad ADD, and um, and so like getting to do music and stuff and perform it and like put it all together into one thing and like just um. It feels really good. It's like the fruition of um, my internal chaos that's always kind of brewing, and when it finally comes together in this thing that I can hold or look at or listen to, it's very rewarding. Um, and then also, I'm I'm very very like nonviolent by nature, but there's some place that that like the steam needs to escape from.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have um. ADD too, and it's kind of interesting i feel like a lot of people into grind and power violence also have that and i'm thinking maybe it's because the songs are so short i don't know you can just get the next one or something but
1: totally yeah um. absolutely (laughs) yeah it's like the part to part it's like this has to change okay it's gonna change Yeah. yeah i totally feel you yeah for
0: sure um, what kind of switching gears as someone who's taken on the artist' development perspective with running sweat band records, when or how do you think bands tend to make creative mistakes?
1: Um, this is like a super easy question, I think it's like it's like you're only really making mistakes when you're compromising what you're doing in order to please somebody else, and it's not coming from the source of yourself you know i think bands fucking do that all the time i mean and um i think that's why there's so much like lackluster stuff out there there's a lot of amazing stuff out there and i think that people are really listening to themselves these days too or maybe they always have it's just like depends on it's probably a percentage game but yeah i think it's just when people aren't listening to themselves and they try and please somebody else really
0: yeah I think there's like a weird thing with music where at a certain point, it can almost feel kind of scary to an artist to not creatively obey to sort of something. and so yeah. and that's kind of where I feel they lose a lot of the spark, but it it's it's tough because they just kind of sound like they're they just they're trying to survive instead of doing what they love, which i yeah, I totally see what you're saying
1: yeah yeah the most exciting stuff is like that is weird like i've never seen that before what the fuck like yeah that's the most exciting i think you know yeah Yeah. i feel you
0: would you say because the next question is what kind of artists tend to pertain to the sweat bands rosters theme would you say kind of weird what the fuck
1: (laughs) exactly it's like people who are doing their own thing i think is what always what turns me on the most um Exactly. So that's kind of like answers that question too. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Across your projects, all of the music and that, I feel as if there's kind of somewhat an overlying theme of a fantastical or unserious take on reality, Um, if I'm right, of course, where do you think this stems from as a person and what about it do you think you're drawn to?
1: Yeah, I mean... um, I think like uh, kind of going back to like that escapism thing where kids just want to really come and escape there every day and like live in this fantasy world or this, you know, augmented reality or whatever. I think, you know, it probably comes from the same place for all of us to some degree. It's like fucked up childhoods or like, you know, family lives, lives that like sucked growing up and you can't escape it. You're just stuck in this house with, insane people, at least for, I mean, for, you know, I'm not saying for myself specifically, but I am, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it's like, um, yeah. Fantastical is awesome. It's like we want, everyone wants to go watch a movie and like escape for a little while. It's the same thing, I think. So, um, and then, you know, doing a band, it's like you get to have control over that chaos to some degree and you get to cultivate or curate, this experience for other people and that's very exciting to me too is just like I hate throwing house parties or like having I I don't like people coming and then I'm in charge of their good time you know like oh do they like this movie is this pizza what they wanted or whatever like um I don't like doing that at all I get too anxious and I worry about their experience too much but like with a show yeah when you're when you're playing music or something it's like cool. This is just me doing what I'm doing. And if you like it, that's awesome. And if you don't, then that's okay too. Um, but, um, it's creating this like fantastical thing and then like asking people to be involved with you. And if they, they are, it's awesome, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, well, just as kind of like things are wrapping up this, I'm personally curious about this. (laughs) Um, It's okay if you can't tell, I guess, if there's anything weird out there. But as a Cartoon Network animator and, like, composer, do you ever sneak in silly things or references to your life in the animation or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes um, I'll put in, like, a little motif from, like, one of my bands or something, um, (laughs) and... You know, I I'm not sure. I I think there's like some legal grounds there where you're not like supposed to do certain things, but yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, it's never come back to bite me or anything. But <laughs> um, my buddy Mike Chilian, who um, he's uh, the accordion player for the Manx, but he's a storyboard artist and he worked mm-hmm. on a bunch of cool shit. And um, we're we're like huge Guar fans. And um, in the when he was working on the first on the pilot of Rick and Morty, he like there's like some airport scene or something and they're always these, all these cool characters in a terminal and he put these two two guar characters like the silhouettes like just ever so like <laughs> noticeable in that scene and, um which was just cool so mike would do that kind of stuff a lot um and then on uncle grandpa you know we would get like like who can we meet like who can we get on the show that we could meet like so we got the melvins and um <laughs> bill mosley from uh, chainsaw massacre 2 and stuff like yeah um, yeah we were just like always like trying we wouldn't try and fanboy but we would you know like, like, <laughs> oh my god um so that that's was fun So yeah. neat.
0: yeah i've heard about that like happening in video games and i was so curious like if it can happen in cartoons so that's that's good that i had that confirmed
3: yeah um, yeah
0: with all these projects you're involved in, what are your favorite things about being a part of all these creative things, but also how do you maintain that drive?
1: Yeah, so I mean, there are so many great and rewarding things with like doing creative stuff, um, just like again, kind of seeing seeing things to fruition and feeling like I completed something. there's like this sense of triumph that's amazing um, and and all the other things that come with creating. Um, making something out of nothing kind of but like I'd say my favorite favorite thing is um the camaraderie and like the fellowship I guess that of having friends and doing this thing together and all pushing up a hill together like or, or working on this this thing together and like the just the bonds that you kind of like form with these people and like when I was younger I didn't really have a lot of friends um, for a long time even like my late teen years and so now it's like I do so many things with so many different people and like it just feels so good to kind of like have this family that I've created through you know helps create of course through us doing this thing that's much larger than ourselves individually and um, so yeah probably just the the friendships is what what it's all about for me. Um, Oh, and then there's a second part to that question. Um, How do I, how do I like retain the drive? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. It's just like this compulsion, I guess, to continue on. And, and, but actually to touch, like to dive deeper, probably into like my um, psyche, I guess. I mean, it's probably, it's like probably realistically like some kind of self-worth thing where it's like you know um I'm only as good as the amount of stuff I made that year you know what I mean to be to be honest and you know where's that stemming from because I do go like really extra hard on stuff like I don't make time for vacation or anything I'm just like too diligent with this type of stuff the most part so i don't know that's something i need to like explore and figure out about myself important to take breaks and like give yourself that yeah
0: just i can't imagine having everything around you be so creative all the time i mean that's such like a personal kind of emotional thing does it ever get draining or no
1: yeah yeah um i'm like always somewhat drained you know um and when i'm not doing anything i'm thinking of everything and like i'm trying to map stuff out and um so yoga and surfing and like you have to do normal human things yeah but it's like you have to force yourself to do it um or at least i do
0: well what's new for the bands coming up in 2023 when is the new squid pisser coming out
1: yeah, good question. So we're kind of talking to uh, a handful of labels right now, trying to figure out what the best course of action is. Um, and um, so that's where we're at right now um, with, with the Squid Pister stuff. We just booked a show on the 23rd in Palmdale, December 23rd, um, just to kind of like um, have something to look forward to right now. Seth is busy um, touring a bunch with his band Starcrawler, and I've been busy doing the same with Def Club and playing a bunch of Cancer Christ shows, so, like, we want to just kind of make sure that we're checking in with Squid Pisser here and there, and at least keeping things moving forward. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then Cancer Christ has an LP and a 7-inch that is all recorded, and same thing, we're figuring out how to put it out right now. Um, And then Def Club, we just put out, like, um, a couple of things this year and so we're working on like our second full length right now um and so yeah um that's pretty much that I guess
0: besides all the chaotic stuff is there any music that you might consider a guilty pleasure or something somebody might not expect from you
1: okay right yeah because I don't like think uh, uh, you know fuck what people think it's like guilty yeah. pleasure at this point <laughs> In middle school, maybe, um, I would have been like, oh, I can't let people, maybe, but maybe, probably not even then, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I really like Garth Brooks and um, and NSYNC, and uh, that second, I think it was their second album, No Strings Attached. I don't know if you're familiar.
0: I know NSYNC. I, I don't know them by album.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. That one's really great. Um, maybe a lot of people don't these days. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Those are the only things I could think of, really.
0: that's interesting. Yeah. The country definitely that's interesting. I feel like country gets a bad rap. There's definitely bad country, but not all of it. Um. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, there's some interesting, weird hybrid country I've heard that's on yeah. the radio. pretty crazy
0: <laughs> well, um, any last shout outs, plugs, or causes? anything you want to speak about before we play out the final track?
1: um um i wish i had some cool causes I, there's so much bullshit going on in the world right now um but i'm gonna take this opportunity to say shout out to my little brother lucas he's uh <laughs> 13 and he's um a badass and he has a project called silent scum um and we just put a cassette tape out on at my record label sweatband Records. Blah, blah blah and so that's the shameless younger brother plug i'll do right now
0: fuck yeah at 13 that's sick
1: I'm yeah, he's definitely
0: great. gonna check that out.
1: Cool, coolest yeah, older badass. brother
0: ever for that. Did you kind of convert him?
1: Yeah, I, I took yeah. him to see Buckethead when he was like eight or something. <laughs> and it, same thing, it just like changed his life. He's like, Oh my yeah. god, now, now I'm doing the robot and like playing with nunchucks. And like, he's great. Yeah,
0: that's so funny. my half brother introduced me to Cannibal Corpse, but he did the same thing to my other brother and he like shit his pants and cried so like i i guess oh. it like depends on the person but, in, a,
1: yeah, in a negative way know. you mean he yeah he did not cry. have fun <laughs> amazing um, yeah,
0: but, but, um thanks so much for talking I, I learned so much
1: cool yeah thank you so much for having me i mean like i never talk um about myself so much and so i feel self-conscious about that entire <laughs> last hour but th- But it means a lot. Thank you. And I appreciate it.